Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. We are well and truly on the, the final lap of the round the corner, the finish line, whatever you might want to say for um, Breaking Bad season three. This is uh, season three, episode eleven. Abby Q. I think I'm saying that. I think I overthought how to say this. I think it's just Abby Q, but uh, Albie Q, whatever it is. And anyway, that's the episode title. Um, this one um, first appeared on screens on May the thirtieth, twenty ten, directed by Michelle McLaren. She's back for another episode, um, and written by um, John Shaban and Thomas Schnauz. Um, and um, and another episode that's maybe a little bit slow but some some kind of interesting stuff to talk through on this one is, is, as there always is it's breaking bad there's always going to be something um so looking forward to going through it uh, my name's nick and uh, my taste in podcasts is the same as my taste in women only the best with just the right amount of dirty and my name is ben and i once convinced a woman i was kevin costner <laughs> oh, i'll take your word for it yeah, no, it worked. Um, not not usually my go-to, but um, it, it, it you know I had to try it out. And hey, not the hardest person to uh, to du- dupe women into believing you are. So there you go. Yeah, most women wouldn't know who he was anymore anyway. So which is I don't even know who he is anymore. He's uh, he's um, Clark Kent's dad, isn't he? That's right. Uh, yes. So. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, th- this this episode feels quite in line with maybe a few that we've had recently, where it's you know it's not it's not bad. There's stuff to talk about, but um, it does feel like maybe we're wanting to get into it into the meat a little bit more, and, and we're not. So um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like when I finish watching this episode, it's like, I know exactly what Ben's going to do with this episode. I know, I know where this is going to fit, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, wow. So I, I, Judge I, I mental much? <laughs> well, not in a bad way. I just thought I probably Thanks, could guess where you're going to put it. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I, I do think there's some fun to be had here. And, and um, you know, I think, um, one of the great things that that Breaking Bad does a lot is, you know, after a character is dead, we often get these flashback scenes and, and things like that, and and we kind of get that straight away here. So I, I enjoy elements like that, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting that we kind of get Jane back for a cameo, I guess, and then we kind of get introduced to, I guess, the replacement Jane. Um, I yeah. like to say it's the Coca Cola versus the Diet Coca Cola. Um, <laughs> and I thought you were going to go Coke, the Coke versus Pepsi there. Oh no, she's not that bad. Uh, you know, like I mean, I, I might not be able to stand her, but Jesus, I, I can at least you know not distaste her. You know, she's Ted's Pepsi. Um, you know, <laughs> Ted's like, like that bargain basement dollar, you know, cola that you get. La ice <laughs> that we yeah. used to have back in the day. But no, I mean, this episode, like, again, it's fine. Like, I think, um, you know, it, it, it. The thing was, I think these episodes, the, the last three episodes. I mean, I'm not trying to compare this to the next two, but. I think the endings just leave you like, holy crap, like I want to keep watching more. And I think this is a real, um, I guess, foundational episode. This is laying yeah. a lot of what's about to happen. And I think, again, let's be the Ben Waterworth repetitive voice right now that I've watched so far ahead. The storyline that we're about to get is so important on the grand scheme of how this show turns out. And it's yeah. kind of it's something you don't really think is that important, but it is. So, um, you know, a simple well, even, meeting even, that Jesse has, like, really kind of turns the entire story on its head, really, from this point on. But even, like, characters like, um, you know, Andrea, you might not be a massive fan of, but Brock is somebody who's quite an important character for the show. Not necessarily the character himself, but, you know, kind of Jesse's reaction to him and things that happen to him um, are really important. So, yeah, I think there's definitely some interesting stuff to talk about. And, you know, like I talked last week about kind of, you know, having some some kind of 
crises, I suppose you might say, of kind of trying to um, rank these episodes fairly, and you know, because I just because I love Breaking Bad so much, and you know, like just trying to make sure I'm I'm being fair on them. And um, I was just on IMDb like yesterday, and I stumbled stumbled across a show that might put things into perspective for us a little bit, which is um, a Colombian remake of of Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Metastasis, and it just kind of like it just came up on IMDb, and it just looks like when you see the like the footage and the the stills from it it looks like a parody of breaking bad like it's so bad um and i just kind of looked at it and like it's just basically the whole thing reshot but with colombian actors and they all just look slightly like off brand like the guy playing walt just kind of like looks like like you know dollar store halloween version. costume basically yeah walt. basically yeah. yeah yeah um but I, I was like, oh, this is a joke. This must have lasted like, you know, 10 episodes. But this thing has 66 episodes. This thing has more episodes than Breaking Bad. Um, I've heard it's terrible. I've, yeah, I've read like, a so, review. Yeah. So, so yeah, basically, you know, like while we're, while we're quibbling about, you know, 8.6, you know, 8.7 out of 10 episodes on IMDb of Breaking Bad, this show overall got 2.3 out of 10. So kind of tells you everything you need to know. But I'm, I'm stunned that it had 66 episodes. So if you want to laugh and you want a bit of context for, for what, you know, just how good Breaking Bad is, just go and have a look at some of the images um, of metastasis. So I feel like I should try and watch an episode at some point and, and Which- just see how bad it is. I've got to ask Nick, what is it with you and I covering shows that have Colombian remakes? Because Nick Tuck <laughs> yeah. famously yes, has yeah. a Colombian version, and I've never been able to find it. I legitimately want to watch it, and I, I would watch the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. Uh, 24, download now via uh, iTunes and everything as well, has famously an Indian version, two seasons, and they've just recently done a Japanese version. Now, I found the Indian and Japanese versions. The problem is I can't find subtitles for them, so uh-huh. I need to learn Japanese, and I, I want to say is it hindu hindi that the, the, the indian india speaks sorry if it's not um but yeah like i i remember the indian version was on tv here in australia back in the day and you had subtitles on it but uh now the versions i've found online so uh there's homework uh, after we've done friends uh we can do the colombian version of both nip tuck and breaking bad we just learned spanish i think we can you know spanish i think you pretend to at I, least. So. I, I pretend. I pretend to. But the one thing I will say is that, like, just from these images, like the the, the Colombian version of Jane looks very attractive. I must say. So um, it, it does definitely have at least one thing. Is going she is an attractive as American canoe sprint uh, athletes. Um, <laughs> probably not, but she's probably more age appropriate. Um, well, I mean, you know, nineteen is still legal. <laughs> I think we need to move this conversation on before <laughs> things get <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but anyway, getting into the episode proper, we've kind of got, um, as we talked about this kind of flashback scene, and it's um, uh, Jesse and Jane have kind of made it to the um, to the Georgia O'Keeffe exhibition, um, and you know they're kind of looking at this all these pictures of doors that she's that she's done, um, and Jesse's pretty pretty unimpressed with them, um, and they're talking about you know that they're not all the same door, they're slightly different ver- versions of it, and we see different things from different perspectives, and yeah, I think it's quite a nice little way to kind of start the episode. Um, I, I do love Jesse's beanie in this one; it's kind of like um, Santa's little help a beanie like it's this kind of he's got this weird little tassel on the back of it um when I, I don't think i've ever seen that beanie before on the show so um yeah we're seeing something for the first time there but uh, yeah I, I mean it's great to see great to see jane back on the show you know and it's always nice to see you know we saw combo a little earlier in the season and it was nice to to kind of have him back for an episode and it's nice to have jane back here as well i think yeah i think um you know what's good about it is that you know we're 11 episodes in now so it's it feels like we've missed her enough. Like, I mean, they didn't just go episode three, episode four, you know, because um, I think there's always a matter of time that you kind of bring someone who's died back to kind of get a bit of a, a reaction, so to speak. Um, but no, I, I love it. I love the opening of this. And I mean, it was the one one of the few, you know, moments from Fly that I, I liked was kind of, you know, the sympathetic moment you feel for Jesse with the, the, the lipstick. And so as we know with Breaking Bad, there's, very rarely a scene or anything that is unexplained or kind of, you know, so like here you've got the, uh, I guess the explanation behind that. And it's just sweet. Like, and I actually, again, I love the continuity of this. This basically comes off just a, a random conversation they had at one point, like let's go to a, an art show and that, you know, they look like vaginas and then basically you nearly get it again. And then here, I just love this whole thing that Jesse's going like, doesn't look like a vagina I've ever seen, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, and then it's just sweet. Like I just kind of like this, you know, talk in the car where Jane's basically going on about, you know, 
why should we do everything, you know, should we just do everything once then, you know, and then kind of just, it's just a sweet little scene there, even when Jesse's basically, you know, saying like calling a perfect and then kind of just, you can never have like a super nice moment between these two before change just but like, hey, I nearly throw up my mouth a little bit. So it's just nice and it makes, it just, yeah, I feel bad for Jesse because it's kind of just one of these little throwback scenes where you feel sorry for him. But you don't, uh, you, you don't wish you had that beanie? Uh, I mean, I always wish I would have that beanie. Why wouldn't I? I'm Jesse's fashion. I mean, you know, I want to wear this kind of like baggy sort of uh, zip-up hoodies with beanies all the time. Again, you know, it's, it's the peak of fashion of uh, the late 2000s. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I don't want to go look at these doors. I, I'm, I'm, this this does look incredibly boring. This, <laughs> I'm no offence to our art connoisseurs listening to the show, but, uh, yeah, I'm not driving to go look at doors. And if somebody told me things look like vaginas and they don't, yeah, I'm, I'm as pissed as Jesse. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we kind of move on, and um, our first scene after the credits is Hank in the hospital, um, you know, doing his kind of rehab, and it looks, you know, like a, both like really kind of, um, I guess, exhausting to kind of do this kind of rehab and be trying to learn to walk again, and like also really um, demeaning to him, like you know, being hoisted in like almost with like a forklift, um, but also like the the very unflattering kind of like you know his package is all kind of like um, kind of taped up or you know like in the harness so like it's just from that perspective it's just like I feel really sorry for him because it's you know it must be a pretty horrible experience and he and he must feel quite demeaning demeaned by it I think um so I, I think it's quite effectively done that you do kind of really feel for Hank in this moment yeah and Dean Norris again like can we just keep praising him um <laughs> I mean it's really really good just kind of like just like the strain on his face that you're kind of seeing and kind of just how helpless and everything he feels, um, you know, just it, it's believable. You believe that he is in this pain and everything. And I love that line that he has when he, like when Marie kind of says something along the lines of, um, you know, like, oh, like, come on, you can do it. You know, you just one more step. And what does he say? Like, oh, I'll take one more step. I'm going to shove my leg up your ass or something like that. And then Marie's just like, well, if you can do that, then absolutely. That's, that, that's a good thing for you like I just love Marie just kind of being so cold and just like you know come on you can do it and then what is um doesn't Walter Jr. chime in and say something like you can do something and is this where he says like oh don't you have somewhere to be or like you've got friends yeah. or something hanging out with or yeah. something like Walter Jr. just gets like, up and walks off yeah because we kind of get like um you know like in this episode I think we kind of see Walt uh, sorry Walt um Hank kind of reverting back to kind of who he was you know um pre- this this accident, you know, like we talked and, and I really enjoyed and I think you did too, the scene of kind of like him in the shower kind of yelling at Marie and she kind of just walks off and he doesn't even realise she's gone. Um, and, you know, like we're kind of back to that that Hank a little bit in this episode and kind of makes sense, obviously, given what's happened to him, that he's kind of lashing out at people. So it does make a lot of sense to me. But, yeah, I just I really feel from when you see he's like almost like a baby being lowered onto these bars. And and then kind of outside, obviously, we get um, Marie handing off the first bill to Skylar and, oh, you're still okay with paying this? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, you know, kind of just that little reminder of how this has been paid for. Yeah, exactly. And, I I mean, Betsy Brandt's great. It's kind of like this sort of like almost sheepish nature of it because it's, I, I can't imagine this is an easy thing that even though, you know, your sister's offering to pay for this, you're still kind of going to be like, oh, like, is this okay? Because it's like, you know, so expensive. And yeah, so um, again, the American healthcare system here and now in front of us. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about that enough and, and turn, probably turned off some listeners somewhere. I hope not, but uh, I imagine, you know, everybody's offended. To turn off everything. listeners, we've got to first of all turn on listeners, and I don't know how that's, that's really that's going true. on. So, yeah, you, you know. You've got a good point there. Um, we move into this kind of, um, this kind of not exactly a montage scene, but we're kind of like getting a, a scene that's, that's set to some some cool music. It's called Shake a Bone by Son of Dave. Um, and um, we're kind of just seeing that, you know, these guys kind of um, and back in the Super Lab kind of packing up the meth and, um, Walt's obviously keeping a pretty close eye on Jesse. Um, Jesse's offended by that. Um, I love the kind of below the the meth shot where the, you see the meth kind of getting broken up. And um, uh, yeah, it's just another great little kind of camera angle by um, by the, the producers on the show, you know, that they do find interesting ways to show you things. Um, and, you know, it's just such a trademark of Breaking Bad to, you know, to really make sure that they do a good job of that. And so, yeah, so obviously we see kind of Walt, Walt's going to take over and be the guy that actually, you know, records the weights and things like that. And, and you know, Jesse's getting pissed off about that and kind of, um, Walt kind of said, you know, like gives them that signal of like we might be being listened to. Here. This this place might be bugged, so be careful what you say, type of thing. So, yeah, it's um, it's a good good little scene. 
I love his little, like, the way, and again, listeners aren't going to be able to see this, obviously Nick and I are on camera, but the way he kind of does that, like, shh, and then he does that little circle yeah, thing yeah. and kind of looks at him the way he does, that's cool. But I'm with you with the camera angles and that as well. But the one thing I wanted to point out here, you you brought up a couple of weeks ago, sort of the 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 marks on Jesse's faces, and I think, uh, face, and you said something along the lines of, like, keep an eye on this uh, moving forward. And he's still got, like, a little scratch above his eye and then a little mark on his cheek. So, um, again, they've kept up sort of the, the continuity with that as well. Can I also point out, have these yellow suits gotten more shiny? Like, I swear they didn't have that yeah, well, sheen it, it, to them. Yeah. They did mention it. I don't know if it's in this episode or well, it won't be this one because there isn't a commentary on this one. But in one of the commentaries, they kind of talked, Brian Cranston was saying that they kind of changed the, the suits at a certain point but for two reasons. One was that they made a lot of noise. They were kind of like crunchy and kind of, you know, like they picked up a lot of noise on the mic. So they actually changed this material that kind of didn't make noise. But also they were really not breathable. So the guys were like just like really sweating in them. So, yeah, there is a bit of a noticeable change. So it, it must be around this point if, if you're picking up on it. I'm glad that uh, my fashion taste can really be brought to the the forefront here that I can actually find out and, and get these things correct. So go me. Is it, there's a lot of Jesse in yellow in this episode, isn't there, from the beginning and now he's in his, his yellow suit. So, yeah. Does that, is that um, a symbol for anything? Like, you know, the, the colours of Vince Gilligan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um we kind of the ne- the next scene we're kind of back at the Narcotics Anonymous meetings and um, we get introduced to Andrew for the first time. Um, so this is this um, character. I was going to use her opening line here for my my opening, but I thought you might be offended, which was um, I really don't want to be here. Um, but I thought you know you might you <laughs> might not like our that, listeners. So. <laughs> our, li- our listeners say that at the beginning they they play along with the whole my name is situation. <laughs> yeah. So they're like oh, I really don't want to be here. <laughs> so yeah i mean it's great and um you know we kind of get his you know she does she, she she's reluctant to be there i suppose you would say um and um yeah so it's it's introduction so um yeah i mean i i think it kind of sets up who andrea is to kind of start off with so so that's good uh we'll, we'll talk more about her as the episode goes on but we kind of see um, you know badger and pete and, and jesse pretending they don't know each other and having this kind of like hello my <laughs> name is brandon like it's this kind of weird interaction but then they kind of start obviously talking about um you know how how are they selling and i just love the fact that these guys are just like they're reluctant they don't want to sell to they, they just feel like it's the wrong thing to do to be selling to these you know to these addicts like it's just it's not fun and they're you know they're just not really selling um and yeah, it's just like it's quite a fun little scene. This one, I do really enjoy it. Just quickly on Jesse's fashion with Ben Waterworth talks fashion episode. Now, what's with his like sheepskin trim on his jacket? I, I don't know. <laughs> Is this like a New Zealand inspired uh, outfit or something? I don't know. But um, he look, yeah, he looks like he's about to go seal clubbing or something, doesn't he? Yeah, he's Canadian Jesse, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I I do like the you know yeah the bit when they're around and then just kind of Jesse sort of you know ushers to to go over there. But I mean Andrew, like look again, I don't hate this character. She's not Ted, but she's just like such an effort to try and bring in a new Jane and like she's just got no personality. She's just so bland. Like I don't even really feel for this character. Like I'm jumping ahead because I kind of think that she. I'm with Jesse. She's a bit of a bad mum. I'm sorry. Like, don't you dare tell me that I'm a bad mum. Well, you are. You're about to get high as your kid's about to come home. Um, and also, don't get me started on the fact that you're about to have sex with somebody when your grandma walks in. So anyway, um, but yeah, I don't know. She's just. She just doesn't like. She's important to the what's going to happen. Going back to my point about how like kind of this meeting that Jesse has right now really sets kind of a lot of the foundations for how this show will turn out. So it's an important meeting to talk about, but it's just like, I kind of wish in a way, and this is a weird thing to say, but like have Andrea as Jane and Jane as Andrea. Cause like at least Jane's more personable and like you like Jane and like Jane's cool. And like you want to like, Andrea's boring. Like Jesse, you can do so much better. Like I think you're, you're better off with Wendy. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe not. I don't goes know. Back, I goes I t- back to my going back to the last episode and my whole my whole rant about Star Wars. And I always thought that they got the two actresses for the the Star Wars kind of sequel era wrong. I would have loved to have seen um, is it Felicity Jones? I would have liked to have seen her in the the kind of Ray role. I, I think she would have felt like a better a better fit for that role. And I, I like Daisy Ridley, but I think yeah, I've always thought that you know that's a shame we only got Felicity Jones in one Star Wars. Movie, that was um, really uh, what's the face? Uh, uh, Hux, not Hux. Um, the Golden Stormtrooper, right? Is that who you're talking about? 
No, no, no. Um, the one that is in Rogue One. Um, whatever, oh, whatever right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? No, no. Bad call. No. I, no, I, no she's, you want to talk about bland? I mean, God, Rogue oh, One. No, I, I like her. I think she's. No. I think she's really good. Um, but anyway, no. we're we're off topic. Don't agree. And look, and and I I don't. I don't really have any feelings about Andrea either way. I think it's, um, I think she's a plot device more than anything, you know? So yeah. I think actually her as a character is really not that important. It's actually what she represents, um, you know? And, and so I think, it, you know, like it feels kind of harsh to say, but this could have kind of been anybody, you know, like, I, and, and, you know, I don't dislike the actor actress at all. I think she, she does a perfectly good job, I think. Um, but I, I don't think she's kind of knocking it out of the park either. I mean, she's not going to leave an impression on us the same way that Kristen Ritter does with the Jane character. So, yeah, yeah I mean, she. I, I think to kind of call her like, you know, bargain basement, Jane is probably a little bit unfair because I just don't think she gets as much to do as Jane. And and, um, and obviously, you know, Jane has such an impact on Jesse long term um, that it's kind of hard to compare those two. So she she's she's totally fine, but um, certainly not going to leave much of an impression either. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I can't disagree with what you're saying, but I, I guess that, yeah, like, I, I have nothing against the actress either, like completely with you there. Um, but it's just, it's it's the way that, like, because she's in a way going to become more important moving forward, like, I just I just don't get the chemistry between these two. I just don't get the sense of what I got between him and Jane and, like, yeah, like a plot device. But I don't know, like, there's going to be a lot of high stakes around her moving forward. And it's just like, I feel yeah. like I'm meant to care for her more than I do. And it's just like, again, I'm not taking away from the storyline, but um, I don't know. Like the the one Jesse storyline, which I'm kind of off with, is of course him kind of peddling these drugs off to, to Randis. I mean, the one thing I'll say about this, and obviously we'll get to it more at the end of this episode, it kind of goes back to my point where I said, like, I like the continuity that they kind of fill in gaps. So like this whole Andrea storyline is so connected to something that is sort of like, well, it's a random thing to be connected to, but it makes sense. And we kind of get an explanation over something that happened that you don't really need an explanation for, but I'm glad we do get an explanation for, if that makes sense. So, but yeah, I, I have nothing against it. I mean, who is the actress here? We, we're here, we are going like, oh, the actress. But I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot she even shows up. Like, uh, Emily Rios is her name. So, uh, I'm sure that she is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and she, I, th- I think, yeah, and I think, I think, you know, like, as I said earlier, I think her son Brock becomes more interesting, yeah, maybe a, a more important later on than, than she herself does. So, yeah, I think while while she's she's good, I think what she kind of brings into the show, you know, she's kind of like a conduit to other things, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, totally fine. We, we're going to talk more about her as we go forward. So we can kind of move on, I think, to the next scene, which is um, we're back at the White Residence um, and Skylar's cooking and, and Walt's coming to dinner. And, um, you know, they kind of have this family dinner, which is quite nice. And, and um, Walt Jr. talks about, you know, he's ready to get his provisional driver's license and they they need to start thinking about, you know, um, you know, what kind of car they're gonna buy him and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it's kinda of like just this this kind of rare scene of, of everybody kind of getting along here, which is which is quite a nice scene, I think. Um and uh yeah, and, and then kind of we obviously kind of get um, you know, Walt Jr. kind of leaves because Skylar wants to talk with Walt and um yeah, this is kind of just where she kind of just says, Hey look, you need to make sure this money is properly laundered. And I think this is um, you know, like quite an important scene for Skylar because I think we're now kind of really getting the turn where Skylar's kind of, you know, like she's she first she didn't know and then she knew and kind of acted out because of what she knew and, and now we're finally getting the point where she's like, well, I'm, I, I kind of know too much to pretend I don't know now so I might as well make sure it's done properly and I think the people that maybe didn't like the Skylar character during, you know, the latter half of season two and then into season three I think probably now they're going to start getting on board with her um, so I think she's no longer going to become as much of a kind of, I guess, an obstacle for Walt anymore and he's got enough obstacles going on so I think it's a good decision by the writer to actually line her up with Walt at this point in the story. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I actually, I mean, again, we've defended Skylar a lot except for one storyline, but, I mean, that's let's be honest, that's kind of glad that that's almost just been swept under the rug pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, we sort of will get, uh, you know, references to it after. But, um, yeah, I like that Skylar sort of gets involved, you know, in some way. And I, and I like sort of this... Explain. I mean, you talked about it the other week when we had money laundering with Soul, but like I like kind of now that we do have to have this explained in a way. And it's also done in a way where it's just simply not Skylar looks like she's just a money-hungry person. She's only in it for the money. Like, you know, she's kind of doing it in a way yeah. that kind of helps it. So I like that. But 
it's just I, I I like the dinner table scene. I, I like Walt. I like Walt Jr. in this episode. He's kind of you know he doesn't have a whole lot to do, but just I like this conversation about how he wants a stang or whatever it is. And then I love that line when it's about um you know he can drive at sixteen. It's law. And I love Walt like I never voted for that. Um and then he's talking about getting like uh, rims with like the trading card or something, and it's funny. But the one thing that oh, yeah, I, yeah. I I like kind of I I just love Skylar here like questioning him like. Your guy, and it also this is good where Skylar's a bookkeeper, right? So you can kind of so know that she'll know about this. But I love just this whole lead up to Walt's guy and Walt's trying to step around it. But um, yeah, I like it. I like Skylar yeah. well, well, like, having this. Yeah, and I, and I think the thing too is like we were probably a little bit, you know, critical of the kind of the the kind of boring nature of the kind of Skylar Ted stuff and i'm not going to take that back i think we were right about that and um but i think kind of there is a functional purpose for it and this is where it starts to come in as actually like she probably and you know she doesn't know everything because we're going to see a scene later on of her basically wikipedia entry of like what is money laundering um but you know like she has a bit of an idea about actually you know you need to get this money clean if you don't want to attract attention so um you know like how's this guy who's you know a, a high school chemistry teacher like how has he got all this money and all this stuff like you actually do need to to have a a, 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 a feasible story about the stuff so yeah it, it doesn't it makes that stuff make sense in retrospect i suppose so it's good to be there we kind of then move on to um a great scene i think which is basically skylar being introduced to saul goodman and kind of starts off with them you know kind of in the waiting room with kind of all these you know, <laughs> uh, saul's clientele and like this this big guy kind of just like coughing on them which you know and kind of post-covid world is uh has it has an all new kind of terror to it i suppose but uh yeah i, I love this kind of just like them in the, in the waiting room is really good you kind of got like, this woman like looking over <laughs> like kind of like checking out uh walt basically um and yeah and then we <laughs> just get Saul just like being sleazy Saul, you know like um what does he say like you know skylar reminds me of a your eyes remind me of a big beautiful sky or so it's just like <laughs> he's just he's so cheesy and like just so terrible um but basically this is where like you know i've got a plan i've done this before and you know we're gonna walt's gonna buy a laser tag company which is where he's gonna <laughs> launder his money um which is just I ridiculous like <laughs> But the thing, the thing with it is, like, he's so insistent too. Like, he's it's it doesn't it's not like he backs down. He like he keeps going on about the laser tag as we kind of go through the show. And and so yeah, it, it is really funny. But you know, like Skylar's just immediately onto his bullshit. It's 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 really really good. I just I, I just enjoy this a whole lot more. And um and yeah and 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 I guess like the, the scene kind of turns because you know. I, I think Saul's probably not that used to, to, to having women challenge him in quite this way. I think he's probably used to having women telling him no when he tries to hit on them, but he's not used to you know, being challenged in quite this way, I don't think. So it's it, it's a bit confronting for Saul, I think. Yeah, and I, lo- I just love Skylar here, like, holding her own as well, the fact that she can and she does and kind of obviously I love sort of Walt's facial reactions when he, like, sort of looks at Skylar when he does the whole, you know, the right amount of dirty line and just kind of shakes his head and then when he's trying to exp- he's going to his props again like he did with Jesse for the money laundering thing. But um, one thing I want to just quickly mention, uh, this is a really good episode for uh, Connections to Better Call Soul. Now, I don't want to be spoilerific, but I actually watched a video today. It was like, you know, top 10 Easter eggs in Better Call Soul for Breaking Bad. And um, the one, the the company that he has, like his fake company. So when she pulls out the check and it's like, what is it, like Zero Dark 30 Investments or something like that or um, whatever, whatever it is. Anyway, like that's, um, there's a connection there without it's not really a spoiler but like in better call soul when souls with kim they're watching like this movie and it's called it's the name of the movie that kim loves as a kid because her dad watched it with her so soul obviously uses the name of that movie to then create this fake company which we've heard before which i thought was clever and then the kevin costner bit we're going to get in better call soul you actually see this in practice which is quite funny so just Mm. it's yeah Mm. kind of cool that they have those little connections there but um off topic i love the meeting Uh, between these two and his fashion the red and the red and he's got the blue uh ribbon on as well yeah 
and I think um, yeah, he's still rocking the blue ribbon. He's the only one left. I think he's still doing that. But um, I think probably a couple of episodes ago when he was doing the whole kind of money laundering thing with Jesse, and we kind of talked about what was that thing on his collar, that like clip, and you can see it what it is, what it is here on this particular one. He's it's kind of like the thing they put behind the tie knot that kind of keeps the tie knot kind of up. Um, so you can kind of see it. He's wearing one here, and it kind of just sits behind the tie knot, like kind of obviously clips to either side of the collar. So I don't know what that's called. I've never never needed one of those, but um but yeah it's he almost looks like a like a like ridiculous army general with like all these things kind of buttoned onto his you know like his lapels and stuff it's yeah it's is really it wrong for me to say um, that like i I've, i mean i've worked office jobs i've had to wear like shirt and i've never really had to wear a full suit but like i i would be the one who's going to be wearing these multicolored things like soul like that's me so like you know maybe is it wrong that i actually like soul's fashion probably yes <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm the guy at work who wears like the crazy nerdy um, cufflinks and things all the time. I've got like a big box of cufflinks, sort of like Star Wars cufflinks and you know Batman cufflinks, and I wear them. And people probably think I'm a weirdo. Well, they definitely think I'm a weirdo. So um, I think yeah, you're I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be on the show if I was normal. So true, um, true. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a screening so process anyway. for the Oz Network. You're a weirdo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> or a New Zealander. I mean, you're a New Zealander. You're automatically a weirdo. So that just kind of well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we we kind of uh, move on to Jesse at Andrew's house, and they're they're making out, and um, and yeah, he, he, I think he's kind of at this point. This is where he's trying to like sell us some blue meth. Like you do, you want a beer or something? And it's like, well, what's the something? So yeah, he's he's going to start pushing the stuff, and before he can kind of make a sale, this is where the grandmother comes home um, with with Brock, her son, which you know, she hasn't revealed before. So now, now we're finding out that, um, and yeah, I mean the grandmother's not particularly Im- impressed. Um, what does Andrew say he is like a, a sponsor, sponsor or something, or right? Something, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can imagine, like, if she's somebody who's been a, a drug addict, you can imagine and the grandmother's always suspicious of everything she's doing to be fair so uh yeah so it's a nice little setup of uh you know uh jesse being introduced to brock here i think the, the one thing too that kind of annoys me about it <laughs> this story is that like we've had one episode or sequence to show that jesse i mean he's i don't know caring towards children like i mean is that kind of the right thing here like i mean clearly brock comes into the picture and this changes his attitude to what he's trying to do here uh, which, I mean, again, it shows that Jesse's a caring person. I'm not trying to take away from that. But, like, I feel like you need to have, like, a bigger setup that, like, Jesse maybe has always wanted to be a dad and maybe he could, I don't know, like, something along those lines or have a storyline with Jane that, you know, Jane was pregnant or something like that. I don't know. Like, just have something there that kind of adds to it because I think the thing that kind of does, like, irk me with this storyline is kind of just this instant kid and Jesse's automatically, like, more concerned like and again i get it we got the one episode of course where where we did that with peekaboo but i don't know like i'm just being critical for critical sake i mean it's not terrible this isn't ted but um i just yeah i think yeah i i think for a show that you know the writing's really really good on the show i think you know sometimes when it just feels a little bit rushed or you know like I guess probably one of the things I'm always looking at is like, is this just shorthand to kind of tell us something about Jesse that would take a little bit longer if they really were to develop it out, you know? Um, so it's kind of shorthand like Jesse, Jesse likes kids and he feels bad when kids get hurt. And I guess that's something that's going to kind of play, play into the, the stuff with, with Thomas and the, and the rest of this episode. So I kind of understand it from that perspective, but I, I totally get what you're saying as well. Um, it becomes more of so a big yeah. thing with him and kids. Like absolutely becomes yeah. a, a yeah. huge thing, you know, moving into season five, of course. But um, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm yeah. I'm just being critical for critical sake. I think at the end of the day, it's not it's not the worst thing we see in the show, and it's not terrible. It's 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 there. That's our job. That's our job. Um, but, but but yeah, I think um, Jane Jane being pregnant and then dying. I think that's dark. I'm glad we didn't go there. That would have been uh, that would have well, been too dark. Well, don't watch 24 then. Um, spoiler alert. Okay, okay. good to know. 24. <laughs> um, right. So kind of uh, our, 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 all Game of Thrones for that matter, um, but yeah. Um, anyway, we kind of we kind of move on, and, and this scene where kind of Jesse and uh, sorry um, Skylar and Walt are driving back from from the meeting with with Saul, and they and you know, Skylar's talking about we need a better plan. Like laser tags, dumb. Nobody's nobody's going to be in for that. Um, and and you know, I guess Walt is like basically saying, oh, "Well, Saul knows what he's doing," but like. I, I think like I think like this is quite a good episode for kind of showing that Walt's maybe been really taken in by Saul, like um, you know that 
this is a guy who's been a bit of a problem solver for him, but it's quite good to have a fresh set of eyes on Saul you know, through Skylar that she's seen something a little bit different in this guy and, and seen that he is a bit of a sleaze bag. And anyway, this kind of leads to them kind of she she drives them to the car wash where Walt obviously worked um, in the first season of the show and, and saying like, this is what we buy, you know, because, the, you know, you worked here, you know the business. It's a believable story. People will actually believe this. And um, it's great. I mean, she's totally right. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's really good. Yeah, I, I do too, and it like it is incredibly believable. And um, we see what's his face with the eyebrows again, don't we? For the first time in a while, I know he kind of comes yeah, back yeah, into yeah, it from a distance, yeah. But um, I mean, the, the thing I'll say about sort of this storyline I like is just I just love the length that Skylar goes to to make this even more believable. Like down the line, like it's just funny. I just love kind of how it's done. So. Um, yeah, like I, it's just it's one of these random things again where it's kind of like, well, did you ever think the car wash was going to come back into this? <laughs> but like here it is, uh, just like a random little thing that kind of they, you know, the continuity sake. So yeah, I mean, again, it does make sense. It's a perfect idea, and I think it's kind of it's a good way of, you know, uh, making this a an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so our next scene is kind of we're back at, at the um, Narcotics Anonymous, and um, we, well, we're actually outside. We're not inside, and, and kind of. Um, you know, um, skinny Pete, Peter, and and Brandon come over to uh, to Jesse <laughs> to kind of um, talk about how they're getting on, and and you know, saying that that you know, Jesse's like, why are you not going to sell to these guys? And I, I love this that these two guys have actually like been taken in by the program, and they're actually starting to advance in the program themselves. Um, I think it's just so funny that he's kind of sent these two guys in to to kind of sell meth to these losers who, uh, you know, are all easy easy prey. And actually, the reverse has happened is that these two guys have now gotten into the program and they're advancing through the program, um, which I just think is so funny. I think it's just such a good touch. Um, and then yeah, we kind of like I think basically Jesse's like calls them pussies or whatever and um, and then leaves with Andrea they kind of go to this like Mexican restaurant um, and Jesse's kind of doing magic tricks and and um, I guess the, you know kind of the point of the scene here is that we find out about um, about Thomas which is Andrea's brother and, and kind of she says we don't we don't talk about him so um, yeah we're going to find out more about that later on but yeah gr- a great little scene I, I, and I love the start of it I think it's just it's really fun kind of <laughs> seeing um, Badger and Skinny Pete like suddenly go, going from these kind of you know thinking that they're gonna sell to these guys to to, to being you know, taken in by them i think it's really good yeah i like kind of, and like um badger's like uh whole thing to do with donuts like he's just always got a donut with him now when yeah talk yeah, about yeah beanies he's got like this pastel green number on his head which is kind of uh interesting but um yeah i think it's kind of funny just that they're actually as you said kind of falling in trap with this but um i do like Jesse's moved on to Andrea quite quickly. They're, they're walking down the street with arms around each other. I mean, they've had sex once, right? Like, I mean, you know, like they've moved pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, Jesse does magic tricks, which um, I don't know. Is there a spinoff that we needed there, basically? But, um, yeah, Thomas, we're going to find that, out have you ever, I don't him. know if you've ever seen any episodes of um, Penn and Teller Fool Us, which is like it's kind oh, of like a – years um, ago. Yeah. I, I love it because I, I, I really like Penn and Teller and I, I do – I'm a bit of a sucker for kind of like magic tricks like that. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's a cool show. So maybe that maybe we could have um, Jesse Pinkman fool us. Um, he can be the special guest star on that. But well, wasn't uh, there one they like called like Penn and Teller bullshit or something like yeah, that? Yeah, oh, well? that's a, that's a great show too. But that's a, a very different type of show. But um, yeah, that's that's a great show too. Yeah, yeah. No, I they yeah, I sort of vaguely remember that. But um, yeah. Yeah, I um I I'd watch it, Jesse. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, our kind of our next scene here is is uh, Walt and Saul, and they're in the car outside. They're in in Saul's car. Um, Saul's. Well, he's got like the teal shirt and orange tie this time. It's fucking awful. Like brilliant, <laughs> but awful. Um, but anyway, um, and so they're kind of sitting outside the car wash, and you know, um, Walt's really sold on this idea. Saul less, less so. And and Saul's reasoning is that you know what the laser tag's got that this place doesn't is it's got Danny, and Danny is this. this the, you need our Danny. You know, somebody that will like be a, an accomplice that will look the other way and and kind of do some of the dirty work there. Um, and you know, so I think this is actually quite a compelling point by Saul as well is that you, you can have the right front but you also need to make sure that you've got people in place who are going to do your work for you and I think kind of that goes back to like one of the things I was thinking about from two episodes ago when we opened the episode with all these people kind of you know putting 
turn the meth into the chicken buckets and things like that is that you know like you need a lot of people to keep quiet in order to make this work you know because any of those guys could go and squeal to the feds and and Gus's game is up um, so I think you know Saul's point here is really good is that it's not just about having the building in the front you've got to have the people who are going to shut up um, and, and do what you need to do in order to make this this whole enterprise work so it's not a it's not a, a bad point that Saul's making here yeah and I, I love this Danny speech you know he doesn't have a yeah. Danny Danny's gonna do this Danny's gonna do that and this is when he, he does the uh, Kevin Costner line as well which is funny but um yeah like it's just it's simple explanation about why you know how these things are done and it's kind of yeah like as you're mentioning sort of like Gus stuff and sort of what we saw with the uh the whole montage with the ad and the, the distribution of it you know it's kind of it's very cleverly explained because I mean you could just a lot of shows would just kind of just make you believe that um you know, uh, they're just running drugs and it's that simple. Uh, so it's kind of like they go to great lengths to show the lengths that they go to to make this like a reputable business almost. So it's, yeah, it's clever. I like it. And I want to meet Danny. I, I want a Danny. I just I just love this guy's eyebrows. They are so good. Yeah. Like just takes me back to the fuck What's you his name? and your Bo- eyebrows. Boltan? Bo- 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 I, I don't know. I just remember him from the very first episode and the fuck <laughs> you and your eyebrows there. Like just just so good. Just I really, really enjoy it. Um yeah, and so then we go to um to um Jesse and Andrea just just had sex and they're in bed and um and this is where Andrew says, oh, yeah, what, how about some of that blue meth you were talking about? And kind of Jesse's really disgusted by this because now he knows she's a mother. And um, they kind of have this this interesting argument, basically, where, um, you know, he says, like, you know, you shouldn't even be thinking about doing that when you've got a kid. And, um, and, and you know, Andrew is kind of offended by that and saying she's a good mother. And um, how dare, like, Jesse tell her what to do because he's a drug dealer, you know. So, you know why would he judge her you know which I think is there's an interesting point on both sides here which is I always like these conversations when there's actually something interesting to talk about on both sides of the story it's not just one way or the other um and and yeah and then they kind of um you know they talk about Brock and and they don't want him to end up like Thomas and um and yeah and this is where we kind of get into the into some backstory about Thomas and who he is and like you know he got taken in at a really young age by this gang and and um basically was um you know as part of his initiation was was required to shoot somebody and um as they kind of talk through the detail Jesse starts to put two and two together and realizes that it was combo was the was the person that Thomas shot so it's a great kind of realization and I think Aaron Paul's acting you know the kind of facial reaction to to kind of putting this information together is really very good so yeah I, I enjoy this it, it's fun and I guess you know, small world and, and all that what are the odds but I, I think it, it works in the context of this world yeah, that's kind of what I was saying, but like it's something you feel you don't really need to be explained because it doesn't really feel like it's a major thing, but it's kind of cool that it is. Um, but I got to say, I, I'm kind of with Jesse here. Like, again, I mean, Andrew's just wanting to get high when Brock's going to get home in a couple of hours. I mean, does Crystal like wear off after a couple of hours? Uh, again, yeah, she's got a point that you're a drug dealer, I guess, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, like you can see why Jesse's getting a bit this way after Peekaboo. Um, so. Yeah, and also like again, I, I know the whole I, I actually I used to like that fact. Like I, I like that we we know what why Jesse's thinking this because he's had that experience in that Peekaboo episode, but he doesn't mention that. Like we we are just trusted as an audience to remember that, and I quite like that that the producers trust their audience at this point to be able to go back to that memory that they've got of Jesse from that episode, and and you know, and and it would be interesting to know if there was anything like that in the kind of previously on sequence before this episode because. I think in the first season, the DVD allowed me to see those, but from here on out, I haven't been able to see them. So it'd be interesting to know if there was a little reminder in the previously on. I'm thinking probably not, though. You know, like I think it probably was not something that was there. We, you know, we are just trusted to kind of keep up with that story, you know? I've, I don't think I've ever seen a previously on Breaking Bad. I didn't realize that was a thing. I thought it was just a show that never did them, uh, you know? So maybe, uh, yeah, just the copies I've got, I've never had them. But um, yeah, like, I mean, kind of that goes back to my point before about how we've had like one moment on this entire series showing that Jesse's kind of, you know, mm. caring for kids. Um, and I guess it was an important one. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I'm nitpicking, sure. But like, maybe it's just, I don't know. But, but like, yeah, this kind of whole revelation about Combo is... So, and it, it actually fascinates me that it kind of affects Jesse more than you think. But I guess, I don't know if it's mainly, it's not meant to really be the fact that it's combo, like that adds to it, but it's more of the fact that they've got like child soldiers basically doing the work, right? Like it's sort of, that's the more shocking thing to Jesse. And, you know, poor combo is just kind of a victim in all of this. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I, I thought probably his his reaction is largely because it's combo, but I, I take your point as well that it's definitely definitely part of that. And it's a, you know like one of the chinks in Jesse's armor is absolutely when children are, are put in harm's way. Um, and yeah, it's a, I, I agree with you. It's a little bit of a stretch given what we've got, but it's also a bit of a. It's like he's like Marty McFly. Don't call me chicken. It's I was like, just you thinking know, that. We, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a weakness, uh, but, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it kind of works. Um, so, so yeah, I think it, it works well enough for this episode, I think, anyway. So, and kind of gets us the next episode um, and, and the fallout from there. But um, next up, we're kind of we're back at the hospital, and, and um, Marie's kind of you know all excited because she's just heard the news that um, Hank's going to be released and he can continue his therapy at home. And you know, she's bought all this stuff for him, like a proper bed and, and stuff like that, so that he can carry on at home. And Hank's just having none of it, basically, just says, Oh, look, I'm. I, you know, I'll leave this hospital when I walk out the front door. Um, so, yeah, just making his life a bit difficult, making everybody else's life a bit difficult. But to be honest, like, I don't think you can really blame the guy. He's, you know, been through a pretty horrific experience. And, um, yeah, I, I absolutely feel for Marie, but I, I can't say I can blame Hank for feeling the way he feels either on this thing. Yeah, I just I just keep thinking about what's to come uh, with how he ends up getting out of the hospital. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Dean Norris is great here again. Just kind of yeah, kind of what you were saying before, reverting back to how he was earlier this season, kind of like in the shower scene, and he's just you know basically like take the bed back, do all this sort of stuff. But I mean, is is Marie getting extra money from Skylar here to be able to afford a hospital bed? Is that kind of implied, or you know, not to not to say that she's skimming mm, some money yeah. from the money that's been sent to her, but uh, hospital beds aren't cheap. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I, it isn't something that's kind of um, that really made made clear. Um, it, I, it wasn't something I really thought about, but yeah. Not really sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, it, it, we're going to come back to the story in the next episode in a, in a fun way. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think the stuff with Walt Marie in this episode is largely kind of just set up. You know, there's nothing particularly groundbreaking here. It's kind of just setting the mood for where Hank's at now. You know, like he's kind of out of the woods in terms of immediate health concerns, and it's now how he's going to rehab um, and what that's going to look like for him. So yeah, I, I think we'll kind of get more of that as it probably next season rolls out as opposed to the rest of the season. Um, Next up, we're kind of we're we're back at the uh, the white residence, um, and um, this is kind of where you know Walt's kind of filling her in on the problem that they don't have a Danny at the at the car wash, and and basically Skylar says she'll be the Danny, you know, like she knows enough about this kind of thing to to be able to um, to to perform this role, um, and that she's too she's too into it now, really like what are her options she kind of basically has to has to get involved here because you know what other option does she have um and this is where we also find out that um that she never turned in the divorce papers or she never signed the divorce papers but basically they're not divorced um that these two are still married and um you know the interesting thing she says there is that you know if it ever came to it that that what is it spouses can't be compelled to testify um so it's kind of just like this kind of legal jargon here but the yeah, really interesting point here is that these guys are still technically um married and um you know, Skylar's angling that you know, at the very least, they could be they could be effective business partners. So, yeah, it's it's quite a turn, I guess, for the Skylar character. But like I think I said earlier in, in our discussion, I think the time was ripe for for her to kind of be back on on this kind of um, trajectory rather than kind of being you know another foil for for um, Walt because he's got enough other people that he's trying to fend off. And is this something that the fans get shitty about that Skylar kind of turns this way? Because I mean, I, again, back to what I was saying before, I like it. I like kind of Skylar's involvement in it now, and sort of that she's doing there. But I feel this is something the fans would probably complain about. No, I don't know. I mean, I, like my memory of it is, that I think people really didn't like the the Skylar Ted stuff. Um, I don't think they liked the you know those episodes where Skylar was basically given him the, the silent treatment and kind of leaving the house as soon as he arrived and not speaking to him. I think that's the bit they hated. I look, I feel probably that people are back on board with with Skylar from this point onwards. I think. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, I feel like this is the point where we don't need to really worry about about Skylar anymore. I think people are generally on board with her storyline from this point onwards. Good, they listen to our show. That's basically it, right? Right? That's the reason why they do it. <laughs> absolutely, because we we have convinced them that's that's absolutely yes, the reason. We were on air like you know eleven years ago, twelve years ago when this was on TV, right? So that was all about us. The you know we yep. we helped the Breaking Bad fan community see the light, essentially. 
Well, we're pretty amazing, to be fair. But well, uh, yeah, exactly. People should sign up to Patreon yeah. and show us how amazing we actually are. <laughs> so uh, we we get this next scene where we're kind of uh, back in the lab, about to start a cook, and the phone rings, and they're kind of a bit taken aback by this because nobody calls them, nobody knows they're there. So it's kind of a bit of a weird thing. But um, this kind of leads to Walt being invited to to Gus's house for dinner, and I, I love this scene. I think it's really really cool. Um, we basically he's kind of invited in, and um, and um, you know Walt's really apprehensive about it. He doesn't really want to do this, and um, and. Yeah, Gus has this kind of this bit of a monologue, I suppose, where he talks about how food is evocative of childhood, and it kind of reminds him of childhood. And um, I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. Um, and you know, but I, I love how Walt kind of turns it into a discussion about the biological nature, what's actually happening in your brain, the receptors in your brain that kind of give you that that evocative feeling, which is of course such a Walt thing to do, which is really really great. I love the scene of kind of like, can you help me prepare dinner? And he kind of gives him a knife. And I think you know, one of the things I read in, in one of the books I've got is that it kind of shows that Gus has absolutely no fears of Walt, that he actually gives him, you know, gives him the knife with the with the blade pointed directly into Gus's stomach, you know, and, and he has absolutely no fear that Walt is going to do anything to him, which is quite an interesting take on the scene. Um, and, and kind of, I suppose it gets to that, um, you, you know, like he, he basically wants to give Walt some advice this is the reason why he's called, called him over and kind of the advice he gives is never make the same mistake twice um, and it's kind of left ambiguous as to what he's actually talking about there and I think we can maybe throw up some theories about it you know like exactly what that what that actually means um, but yeah I think this is a, this is a really great scene I, I do really enjoy this um, and yeah it's, it's kind of nice to kind of see um, see Gus kind of out of the the environments that we've seen him in and he kind of mentions he has kids which you know is, is good to kind of know that there's a bit of a backstory to Gus and so yeah I, I really enjoy everything we kind of get in this scene I don't do we, we we never see or hear about his kids more than this I think from memory no, I don't um, think so no but I, I love Gus's house can I just say that like I'm a I'm a Gus house fan I want to live in Gus's nice kitchen um, you know so but um, yeah I, I love just casual Gus cooking dinner Telling stories about this this dish. It's basically what fish soup or something is it or something along those lines. Um, it's yeah. like a yeah. I, I think it's kind of like a beef stew or something, isn't it? Uh, possibly. I thought there was fish in there somewhere, but uh, maybe I'm making that up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's a cool scene and kind of does Walt even say? Oh, he gives a speech. You just said that. I was going to say, does Walt say anything here? But um. Yeah, I mean, God, this is just the, the coolness I love about Gus, just so calm and just everything and the story about his, you know, childhood and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, not making the same mistakes. Like, what what do you interpret that as? I'm, I'm thinking this is about Jesse, right? Like, stop using Jesse, maybe? That's a, another um, mistake or? Yeah, yeah. So, I think um, Paella Marina is the – and it is a fish stew, you're right. So, uh so yeah, somebody who's uh, making these things online. Um, so, I don't, I don't need it's a book your cookbook, Nick. actually – Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's how I interpret it. I interpret it as you know, don't trust Jesse. You know, like um, you, you trusted him once and it got you in trouble. Don't do it again. That's that's what I interpret it to be. But I think there's probably a few different readings of it. And you know, the kind of um, my famous you know kind of Breaking Bad 101 kind of refers to a couple of them, which I kind of I, I struggled to kind of get on board with them. I kind of talked about um, you know his decision to reteam with Jesse Junkie or and Thief. Um, you know, um, maybe partnering with Skylar, but obviously I don't know how Gus would know about that. So, um, or Walt's biggest mistake is the one he talked about in the previous episode and the one of his whole situation depends on him having lived too long and he shouldn't be cooking meth anymore, which doesn't make any sense to me either because, of course, Gus wants him to keep making meth. So I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit confused. I think there's probably a few things you could look at, but the Jesse one seems the most obvious thing to me. Yeah, and that I think particularly comes in line with the fact that, um, you know, he's watching the footage and Walt's kind of accusations of him stealing, you know, so kind of, you know, Gus is very smart on that. So that, yeah, that kind of, I think, ties in the most and makes the most sense of that, right? Mm, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I think that probably is, is, is the answer. But, yeah, I think like anything on the show, there's definitely kind of shades of grey and, and – um, and yeah, so it, it's always fun to do. Um, yeah, so it's a great scene. I, I enjoy it. We kind of leave that, and um, we kind of finish the, the last scene of the of the episode. Is kind of Jesse making this deal for um, you know 
just kind of walking in and making a deal with Thomas, kind of goes up to him and says he wants to buy from him. Um, and this is where we see these two dealers um, that were involved in the in the combo shooting kind of come around the corner, take his money. Um, and then, you know, he gets he gets some some meth from Thomas and gets told to bounce um, and kind of looks at it and it's blue meth. And so obviously kind of he's, he's making the, the summation there that these guys are selling the meth that they're cooking you know they have been cooking so basically these these are dealers who who answer to gus is kind of what we're meant to take from this i think um so yeah i, I think it's a, it's a great kind of setup for what we're going to move into in the next episode so um it's not an explosive end to the episode but it kind of really sets a mood for kind of where we're going to head to in the next couple of episodes yeah i think that's kind of the important thing of it but i i, I mean Aaron Paul, I love kind of his acting, that, that look on his face and that sort of real like tense sort of dramatic music as he's walking off as well. Like it's pretty uh, it's pretty full on. But um, yeah, I mean, again, I've said it a few times this episode, but just kind of this whole ploy into something that we didn't really think we needed explanation of, but we've got these creepy looking dudes in their car again uh, back. And um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming then if that's implied that they're Gus's people so that back when combo got killed they were selling whatever gus was selling at the time and now because gus sells walt's product it's kind of they've upgraded but then i ask a question like why does gus use these types of people but i guess he's got to sell it somehow right so yeah 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 i i wonder if maybe there's a there, i mean obviously we we don't we we're going to get more on this in the next episode and we don't see it but i do wonder if there's a middleman between them and and gus well i would assume so i don't think gus is giving stuff directly to these guys so there's probably another, another distributor um involved in this conversation but we don't know exactly what that is so um it's a level of detail i don't think we need um but yeah i would say probably the thing is that you know gus now has ready access to a whole lot more meth because of what Jesse and so he's actually able to expand his empire so while these guys might have been um, you know competitors for, for Jesse and Walt earlier on when combo gets shot they're now all part of a bigger family they just didn't know that you know they're suddenly all part of a one big empire and I think that's probably the thing that it's you know it's a shock to Jesse that he's actually gonna to see that you know like it, it's that whole thing that I think the show does really well of kind of um implying the kind of um damage done through what they are doing you know like actually mm. we don't always just see kind of like peekaboo spooge level stuff we actually see this kind of thing you know like there is actually you know going back to the big themes of season two about it being consequences of your actions and and sometimes being unintended consequences um that sometimes you do these things and, and it's not until a lot later that you actually realize you know what it's causing and um yeah and i th i think like one thing that's quite interesting here is that we've seen thomas you know like it's the same actor i think isn't it that we saw in, yeah. in season two but he obviously looks a lot older and he's a lot more kind of gangster i suppose like he's a lot more of a, a, a kind of tough guy in this and so you're actually seeing the physical transformation of this kid too and that's something that really sets jesse off right that you know this kid has kind of been transformed because of this business that he's you know a big part of of um supplying to so so yeah i think it's it, there's a lot of different levels that make it like an interesting conversation to to have and and something we're going to continue into the next episode with the, the gangster sort of bike with the handles and just you know yeah. he's cool and stuff like that but um i just i just yeah. like the, the like when he starts but like there's this kind of moment where like he's like Thomas wants to sell to him and he's like hold on hold on and he just kind of puts his hand up like this real gangster guy and then does the kind of the big nod thing which um I think we call the the east coast nod over here but uh yeah the, the, um I remember that being a big thing during COVID of like don't shake people's hands do the east coast nod um so east coast, yeah. is that what from the states I mean what was the east coast of New no, Zealand like, like, I think like I think like east, east coast New Zealand um but anyway that where the gang, all the gang bangers live over on the east coast like what <laughs> yeah. you can look it up like i, I think just under our um referred to this on in some kind of press conference or something so just so, even um, getting you, on you board the gang up. the gang symbols like you know just just all gangster <laughs> wow <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, I've got off topic. We're, uh, we're actually at the end of this episode. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I think like through this discussion, I'm, I'm a little bit more on tenderhooks about what you're going to do with it than maybe what I thought initially. So um, I'll actually go first because probably no surprise I'm buying this episode, but it's a, quite a low buy for me. I think I've got it at um, 24, I think. Um, so it's right down the bottom. I've got it kind of af- after um, no rust up type deal, which was the, the season one finale and above green light, which we saw earlier this episode it's kind of feels like it's around about the same place as kind of green light kafka-esque you know a, a few of those breakage a few of those similar ones we've had this season which i think they're good fun episodes and i enjoy living in this breaking bad world i enjoy being here so i'm never not going to enjoy it but it's also not kind of like i don't think it's setting the world on fire has been like amazing i think it's just a really solid episode um and some good world building and um yeah probably some of the stuff in here is going to pay off later on so there's a bit of a bit of burden on these ones to be set up episodes for payoff later on i guess i would say so yeah it's a buy for me not a not a really high buy but it's good yeah i mean look i'm not super super down on this episode i think it's terrible but it just it kind of just falls into these levels of episodes of this season where it's kind of like it they're they're fine they're they're decent episodes but i'm not going to remember this episode in in a season's time like I, having, you know, watched this in the last month or so, like, I kind of forget this episode. So, um, yeah, I'm assuming you thought I was going to rent this, and, yeah, I am going to rent this. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's again, it's fine. It's it's there. It's important for the story, and it kind of moves it forward. It's kind of everything you want from an episode. But, um, I mean, it's better than last week. It's better than Fly. Of course it is. But um, it's important. You can't really skip this. But it's just not something really for me. Like, I mean, kind of the last four episodes in a row now, I've either rented or in them so it's kind of we're just I feel like we're just stagnant after one minute we're just kind of in this sort of purgatory where it's just kind of like it's progressing slowly and we're going to get some pretty awesome stuff in the next couple of weeks but yeah I can't really put it uh that high so I've got this in uh what have I got it in 27th out of 31 so um I've got this just below ICU the only reason that is I, I love the the Walt um Gus dinner scene in this episode but I think I like the Walt Gus scene in the lobby of the hospital better because it's more daring to me so that's mm-hmm. why ICU gets a slight nod above ABQ ABQ this episode yeah I I th- I think um, we're getting a little bit. Uh, I'm not quite sure the right term is. I don't want to say horny, but we're getting a little bit um, on edge. On edge for some action now. I think. That was like, horny. I, I like. I, I really enjoy. Um, you know these dialogue scenes because I like these actors and I like the writing. It's you know for the for the most part it's snappy and it's interesting, um, but I am kind of ready for the tempo to shift. I'm ready for for more and um, you know we're going to get that next episode. So oh, so yeah. that's good. I think we're, we're we're well overdue for a bit more action um, on the show. So. I'm excited that we're finally going to start ripping into some some really good episodes. I'm not going to have to, uh, you know, think too hard about what I'm going to be doing with my ratings next episode. Um, spoiler yeah. alert. Me too, and I think kind of that definitely. I'll just quickly on um, the Ringer. This came in at 49 out of 62, just below Kafkaesque, which was just below ICU. So to go on my point about how these episodes kind of all feel like they're just stagnant. Even The Ringer has these three episodes. They've obviously got Fly High, the idiots, but um, they've got these three episodes, 8, 9, and 11, basically can directly after each other, sort of very close to the bottom. So, um, yeah, but no, next week's... Oh God, there's two scenes next week. I mean, one scene, 100% will be in our top five at the end of this season. But uh, there's a scene in this episode, which I fucking love. I just love it. This is To me, it's the first time we get to see Badass Gus. Um, and I love the sequence that you see. And, like, this is where... You mentioned last week about how we get an important meeting between our two characters. Obviously, we had Sol and Skylar meet for the next uh, the first time. This is the episode I thought you were talking about, the meeting between Gus and somebody. Jesse, let's spoil it. Um, the first time they get to meet. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really, really good. I think um, the you know, next episode is kind of like, um, you know, like – it's almost like a no turning back point. Like there is stuff that happens in the next episode. It's like, well, there's no going back after what happens next episode, you know, which is, um, which is great. I think like we're, we're kind of ready for a, a kind of shift in direction. So yeah, I think it's an episode whose time is, is well and, and truly 
come like we needed it um but yeah i think there's also a lot of other fun stuff to go like i think there's you know i talked about i like the kind of um the dialogue and monologues that we kind of get on the show and we get another great one next episode as well so there's a lot of good stuff to happen i think um yeah for a show that um has some shocking moments i think we get a really really shocking moment which i can't wait to talk about next episode so so yeah lots of good stuff to talk about there it's one of those breaking bad scenes that you always see in a montage about this show. It's kind of like yeah. a, it's sort of like a a, a turtle a tortoise head or an ATM or yeah. you know like the like all these scenes that we've talked about that are just so famous. Uh yeah, there's one next week which is yeah, it, it's basically always always shown on montages. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of wraps us up for this week. But uh, make sure to uh, to follow us on all the the usual social media platforms um check out our other shows that we've got movies and tv shows um there's lots going on um on the oz network or, or, or of course so um make sure you you check out other stuff that we've got going on as well um there's the patreon if you're interested there as well so not to mention i always forget but we've got some great sister sites and sister podcasts as well which you should check out um especially um our um uh, James Bond one. I've, I've, I've you love the them all. You, you're big fans of all of these. Po- <laughs> oh, great sister shows we've got, especially that one that um, you like, know, talks about um, is it James Bond, is it? Is that what you do? <laughs> wow. Great advertising there by Nick Chester. Double <laughs> <laughs> Seven. How could I forget the name? Um, I love Double Seven. Like I'm, I'm, an, I'm an Me too. on that one. I'm not a, I'm not, I love I'm not the a host. participant, but. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Who are they? What's their name again? I've forgotten. But um, oh, there's some yeah. racist guy, some old guy, and some really, really attractive guy that I would turn for. <laughs> anyway, I think I should probably stop talking before I get myself in any more trouble. Um, it's been really fun. Um, my name is Nick, and um, I'm a comforting presence. I was about to say I'm a something else there. It sounded anyway. Uh, my name is Ben, and yo, I thought I was going to see some vaginas. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.